Welcome, everybody. Hello. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and we're going to be doing uh, today, we have on Ms. Wanda Buckner, who's going to be talking to us about pets, people, and other things. So um, anyway, and we also have sort of a special guest here for the Celebrity of the Week, and this is somebody that is interesting how I figured out how to have her on this week. Um, usually around Thursday or Friday, I just kind of go through my stuff to see what jumps out at me. And so I was signing aboard Facebook, and the first thing that popped up was the Mary Tyler Moore face page, my fan page, and I said, that's it. That's who I'm doing. So um, I always follow what my guts tell me, and I decided to do her today. And we're going to be talking a lot about, or at least the time we have, we're going to be talking a lot about her life and also um, the issues that she had growing up and also into her adulthood and um, what her special gifts were. So um, stay tuned for that because it means a lot to me. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that here in a second. But um, one of the things about her is that her first show on just her Mary Tyler Moore show came on the last week or last sort of week in September of 1970 and that's when my my college years began my freshman year started then and I remember sitting in the tv room with a ton of other girls and all of our seats watching this show we were there every week to watch that show and we absolutely adored it so um yeah we so anyway, anyway, we're going to be taking a break here. Are we going to take a break right now? We're a little bit messed up here, but you know how it goes. So anyway, so should we take a break? Okay, we're going to take a break right now. When we get back here, we're going to be talking about Ms. Mary Tyler Moore. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Yay. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to say hello after the cat said that. That was funny. Oh, my gosh. Forgot about the cat. Anyway, so this is about Mary Tyler Moore, and I put this up on my Facebook page. A lot of people responded. I put this up on the Mary Tyler Moore fan page. A lot of people responded there. So for those of you who are listening from this, it's time for Mary Tyler Moore. And for most people who don't know about astrology, which is what this show is about, what we do is we take the date, time, and place of the person's birth, and we create a birth chart. If you haven't ever seen a birth chart, it's a circle with a bunch of symbols on it. So what I'm going to do is read it now. And it essentially talks about a person in essence, who they really are, what God wants them to be. And so she was born on December 29th, 1936. 
at uh, 10.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Brooklyn, New York. Now, I know this date really well because my astrology teacher, Noelle Till, was born two days after her. So there's a lot of similarities in both their charts, except for um, Noelle Till was six foot ten. She certainly wasn't that tall, but she was tall enough for her, her size. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about her chart. She has a son in Capricorn. And we have a rising sign in Pisces, and we have the moon in Cancer. Okay, so that basically puts, we have an almost a full moon between Capricorn and Cancer here. So it's it's pretty darn close. Or actually, it's just past the full moon. Excuse me. She was born on a full moon cycle, which gives her a great perspective on her emotions and also her everyday sort of practical life. So being in Capricorn and then also Cancer, Cancer is the natural mother in the chart. And so, and the Capricorn is the business person, is somebody that is striving to move up in the world and also probably to set up, you know, corporations called MTM Corporation. So what she did during the time she was on Mary Tyler Moore, and she, you know, basically hosted a bunch of other shows like the Bob Newhart Show, Phyllis and Rhoda. Those are the three that I can remember right now. But she was so successful at it. And let's look at why she was so successful. She had up in her 10th house is the plant, the sun, which is who she is, next to Jupiter. Oh, my goodness sake. Let's put Jupiter next to anything, kids, because that adds a lot of good luck to her life. You know, and so it's interesting that she would become the head of a production company that produces television shows. And it's very Jupiterian in its own way. So um, she had that ability in in her in her um, in her sun sign in her chart, which is the Jupiter Saturn is in the tenth house. This is her actual image and how people saw her out in the world. They really saw her as a leader and as a fun lover and somebody was positive. Those are all very Jupiterian qualities, and so she would have definitely seemed that way in public. But we're going to look further here and, and look at this a little bit more. Now, the interesting thing is on her second thing, the thing that we call the primal triad, which is the sun, moon, and rising sign. The rising sign is uh, Pisces. Okay, and that surprised me when I first saw it. I thought, well, what's Pisces about a rising sign? Because usually people that have Pisces rising, the rising sign is generally the personality and how they physically look. And, And Pisces is a little bit more watery and a little softer, a little fuzzier, you know, kind of you know, strange, but, you know, she she fits it a little bit, but then she also has the ruler of her rising sign over in the seventh house, which is exactly opposite to her ascendant. So we have two emphases here of Pisces on the rising sign and in the seventh house. So that basically means the type of people she was looking to pair up with, to be mated with, or somebody in her fantasy line, in her mind. So um, her first two partners uh, were interesting. I think the first one she had a son with, Richie Meeker. And um, unfortunately, let's get down to the other part of this chart, which is um, tough. You know, we I wrote on this on the page last night on Facebook saying that she had a wonderful life, but she had a lot of sadness too. Her sadness is encompassed with, encompassed with the Plu, moon Pluto conjunction in the fifth house the fifth house happens to be 
the house of the firstborn child, which is Richie. And it's also the sign cancer is on that house. And he was a cancer. He was born July 3rd, I think, 1956, approximately. So you have all those symbols leading to that point. But the thing about this um, is that what we would have said if we had read her chart years ago would be we would ask her a question. So what kind of very hard um, things did you go through when you were a child? I think there were some incidences, but... We're not sure until we ask, have there been any really hard incidences from here and now up until this point? So what you're looking at here is this is the fifth house is the firstborn child. The firstborn child is Richie. And unfortunately, um, they don't know whether he killed himself or he did it on purpose, but he did that. And um, I know that from what I've read, she was devastated by that. Of course, she would have. You know, but the interesting thing is to see this in a birth chart before, you know, when she was born. This is the moment she was born, and these are the things, the indicators that showed up in her chart. So um, the Pluto moon was the thing that I really caught my attention, thinking, oh, my gosh. So she has a lot of pain around loss, you know, as far as people that are close to her, and particularly her son. So, I mean, that would have changed her personality somewhat. And it's the interesting thing as you, as you go on in her career, she did one movie about Shantae and Kenny Crimes, Crimes, I'm trying to remember their name here. They were a duet, a mother-father's, mother-son duet, and, and they committed murders and all this other stuff. Well, you know, I kind of would have thought, I think, you know, Mary would have done that because that some part of her would be, fulfilling a darker spot in her because they were definitely a dark duo you know so that would be something that she would have reached out for to to explore that part of herself that was a little deeper and darker because these two planets are under the surface it's a circle chart and there's a line across the middle the horizon and below the horizon are planets and those planets really say that they're not going to show up you know in a regular life out in public they're going to be hidden below the horizon. So um, she probably had an opportunity to dive into her, her darker side in that role. And she had some other roles that were not the light and fluffy stuff that Mary Tyler Moore was, but much deeper and much darker. So she had that both those sides. She had to explore both those sides to make sure that she basically covered everything in her life. Because if she had not not, not done this, this would have been detrimental to her health because the thing is, anybody who has a Pluto moon has a really strong need to understand psychology and their own main main psychology, actually. So through the roles that she took, she probably understood herself that much more. And so, uh, let's see, what else? And there's one other thing here I want to talk about. I know I'm a little over time, but she deserves it. Okay, Neptune in the seventh house, and that is... One of the things I looked up in her chart is whether or not she had a stationary planet. I've talked about stationary planets in this show because I'm writing a book on it, but it basically means that the planet's neither going fur forward or it's neither going backward, which is retrograde. The planet is sitting in the sky all by itself, and it's just sitting there. This stopped. Okay, and usually when they do that, the planet takes on extra meaning in the chart. It actually becomes a focal point in the person's chart. And because of the emphasis in Pisces in her chart is so great, including her ascendant, um, we have the Neptune, which is stationary, and that's creating a lot of things going on, too, with 
with actually looking at her reality versus fantasy. This had to be going on on both sides. And this would be a hard thing to kind of re- kind of reconcile with herself. And there is one thing that else that I kind of noticed that really was that really played out during her burial process. She with this chart with all the stuff underneath it says she really needed her alone time. Really needed her alone time to the point where she would segregate herself and be away from people. Of course, you know, wherever she went, she was probably mobbed because she was so loved by so many people. That has a lot to do with the Neptune business. Neptune is, is idealized by people. But when you have the Pluto moon, you've got that deep sort of deep woundedness that's trying to hide itself in the closet. And the interesting thing that probably many people don't know is that when she was buried, her husband bought the 12 plots around her and are keeping them completely open because she, he wanted her to be alone. Isn't that interesting? Really, really interesting. So um, he felt probably that she needed her alone time very desperately and wanted to make sure she'd have it through all eternity. And that to me is one of the saddest things I've ever heard, but also a, a great thing to honor her as well. So, okay, and I think I'm, that's it on that. And there's way more of them. I'm just going over the surface of the chart. But she was a very complex woman. She had keep, kept her feelings very deep, didn't show them. But when she was out in public, she was ready to entertain everybody, which was wonderful. So, anyway, that's it for Mary Tyler Moore. I hope you all enjoyed it because um, I do a lot more on her because I loved her and I loved her performing and I loved her show. It had made a big impact on my life, so I thought I'd bring her up today. So anyway, we're going to take a break right now. When we get back, we're going to bring on our favorite guest, Miss Wanda Buckner. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a healing energy for people and animals by Wanda Buckner. Are you searching for a perfect present for people that you know? If they have pets, they'll love a gift certificate for an animal communication session with pet and people psychic and healer, Wanda Buckner. Sessions are one hour in length and include an audio of the communication as well as clearing and balancing the animal's energy field to support their health and happiness. Sessions can be in person in Olympia or it can be in a distance anywhere. So to go to, you need to go to go to Wanda Buckner, www.wandabuckner.com and select the book now button to purchase a gift card. Gift cards do not expire. Again, go to www.wandabuckner.com or call Wanda at 360-491. 3187. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 21st, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. We'll take your phone calls, answer your questions. You can have a personal reading with Natasha. Hope you can join us. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 11. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And let me just announce real quick that we're going to be taking phone calls this hour. It's a little bit late, but we're going to do it anyway. So the numbers are 425 
373-5527 or 888-298-5569. And let me welcome our wonderful guest, Ms. Wanda Buckner. Hello there, woman. Hi, Eileen. It's great to hear your voice and be on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm really glad you're here, too. It was nice to pair you up with Mary Tyler Moore. (laughs) <laughs> it just seemed to be the right pairing, <laughs> you know. So anyway, so today, what are we going to be talking about today? I know you always have a special topic, and I didn't, you didn't include me in it, which is fine, because we'll just take it as we go. So what, what's your topic today? I want to talk some about energy healing and what okay. it is and why would you have it for a perfectly healthy animal that you share your life with. Yeah. Yeah, so we are familiar with the chakra system, Mm -hmm. which uh, is a way of looking at the energy of the animal or the human. Uh An acupuncturist would take your pulses, right, Mm -hmm. to get a sense of how you were doing energetically. Right. I take a sense of your chakras, which are actually where clusters of nerves come from the spine, and so there is a physical component to them. There is also the component of each one is related to a gland in the body. Mm-hmm. Each one is related to the area that the chakra is near. So okay. the root chakra, of course, would be related to reproduction, the pelvic bones, the hips, the uh, lower uh, intestines there. So we have an animal who is healthy and nothing that a veterinarian needs to see the animal in regard to. Okay. But they just don't seem to have perhaps zest for less. Okay. Or maybe they're really slowing down. Right. Right. Now it just seems yeah, that like there's a little something off about them. Are you have do you have let me ask you a question quick. Are you talking about we have the chakras that we deal with as humans. Are you talking about different chakras in the body for pets? They're actually the same. Oh, okay. All right. You know how they use uh, dogs, for instance, for uh, to test certain drugs and so on and to observe how cancer goes in the body? Uh-huh. It's because we are not that genetically different from the animals. Oh, I didn't think so. Right. Yeah. And so energetically, we're not that different either. Right. Animals have chakras just like we do. They have a hara, H-A-R-A, that uh-huh. goes from the center of the earth to the heavens. Oh, yeah. They have an aura that expands around them. Mm-hmm. Now, one difference is that we keep our energetic field, our aura, A-U-R-A, pretty close to us. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a crowded elevator... Right. Draw it in even more, right? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I used to see everybody sucking their energy and go, well. Yes. And then you, somebody has to say, so how is everybody doing today? You know, in the elevator, which just shoots every, all over the place. So, yeah, I can just see that. <laughs> oh, it's true. But an animal is oftentimes both a predator and a prey. Okay. And so their energetic field is out much further because mm-hmm. they need to be aware of danger mm-hmm. or food in yeah. their environment. Okay. That makes sense. That makes so a lot of sense. So the reason therapy dogs work, and of course therapy dogs are calm, loving right. dogs that are just mountains of peace and joy. Right. 
so their energy field is 10 times their size. Right. So even when I was volunteering in the hospital with my little 15-pound dog, if someone was holding that dog in their lap, mm-hmm. her energy field encompassed the person's energetic field. Yeah, I could see and that. And so her calm, loving, peaceful energy influenced the energy of the person holding her. That's awesome. I, I really like that because it has always seemed, you know, with my two little crazy rug rats that I had a couple of years ago, um, their energies were everywhere. I mean, even to the point, I may have told you about this, where I took took a film of them running around and jumping all over the place, and there were little little orbs running around them all over, <laughs> all up, up and down and sideways, and I said, look at those orbs around you guys. And they were looking <laughs> over in the corner going, I see one over there, you know. It was amazing. Because they have such a purity about them. Yeah. And so, you know, when children testify in court and sometimes there is a, uh, a comfort dog that works for the courthouse? Yes. Because that big golden retriever oh, can perfect. go be with that child mm-hmm. and, the, and the high vibration and true expression of love mm-hmm. that that golden retriever has can encompass that child. Yeah. And the dog feels safe and the child matches the energetic vibration of oh, the dog. Absolutely. Feeling yeah. safe and calm and able to speak more freely. Yeah. I've seen um, videos, just videos on YouTube or whatever on, on um, Facebook. Basically, it was Golden Retriever. They're so amazingly empathic, you know, and yes. so sweet to whoever it is they're around. And I just sit there and watch him. And this child was sitting there kind of agitated. And baby would go up and smooch her. And baby calms down. And everybody's calmed down. And I just, you know, what a great thing they have. It's so great, you know. Yes. And this can be true of any breed, any species. So when you think of, like, uh, people who have cats. Yeah. And their cat is sitting on them and purring. Yeah. And that beautiful, calm energy. Now, if a cat is hunting, I have to tell you, it's a little different energy, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think I told you that time that I was going to, um, my cat sat on my stomach because I had a stomach ache and yeah. it went away and she threw up all of the floor, you know, and I said, honey, you don't need to take it for me. You really don't. But she did that. You know, she took it and, and like got rid of it from me and, you know, got rid of it herself. So I I knew of her incredible empathy that she had, you know, and um, it it was really impressive. Let's face it, you know, how she could do that. Just lay on my tummy and take it away and then jumped off the bed and threw up and everything was fine. (laughs) So so when you think of animals who are uh, with us and sometimes we don't pay much attention to them energetically because Mm -hmm. we don't test their chakras, we don't uh, assess them and see if they're fine. We just assume, oftentimes, because the animal isn't sick, that they're fine. Yes, exactly. Just like us, animals have interactions with their people, with other animals, and they also can have things that disturb their chakras because the chakras are like sea anemones. They are always 
taking in information from the environment and putting out information. Right. And so it may be that there is a a new cat, perhaps, coming into the household, Mm. and the cat who's already there is feeling threatened. And so that root chakra, that chakra of survival, uh, closes down some. And the sacral chakra, which is about emotions, is influenced in a negative way. And the cat's feeling of personal power, which is the sacral chakra, also begins to close down. Mm-hmm. And so then it may be that the, the heart chakra, which is about affinity with others, it may be that the original cat is feeling not as loved and left wow. out. And so again, there's a compromise. And with the throat chakra about not being listened to. Right. Yeah. And so it's in those circumstances and energy healing can help those energy centers open and clear and balance. And I always combine it with communication so that I can talk to the cat about oh, sure. what's going on. Yeah. And also talk to the human about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes as humans, we uh, get a new animal in our life. And we're all about putting pictures of that animal on the internet. We're all about um, coochie-cooing, telling our friends, giving this animal special attention. And the animal that is already in our life Mm -hmm. feels rejected or jealous or pushed to the side. Oh, no. And so I not only work with the animal who is already in the house, Mm -hmm. but also with the human about how to balance attention. Right. And also about the new animal coming in, about their role in the house. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, I think that what's happening, and this has been happening over the last couple of years since the COVID remedy, or, or excuse me, not remedy, but COVID vaccine or the COVID uh, virus broke out, is that we um, we were looking to to merge with somebody else other than other members of our family because maybe they had COVID, so we couldn't do that. So it seems like um, a lot of people have reached out to their pets, or if they didn't have pets, they got a pet so they could merge. They discovered that pets, what their pet's real, real true purpose is, you know, and that's to, to give and receive love, you know, and... Um, it's amazing how we just, it's like I've watched the commercials on TV. They all have pets in them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, they all got animals in them. You know, take an animal here, you know, this. And then there's an animal with this guy, and I'm going, wow. I mean, that's how com- <laughs> New cars with sexy models. And, <laughs> right. and there's a dog there, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I can't remember how many times I've seen Boston Terriers in commercials, you know, just because they're really funny and animated. But, you know, they seem to fit into certain types of commercials. I saw him in a commercial one time with, what was it, Harrison Ford? And he was doing something in this what are you doing, dog? And Doug runs downstairs and all. It's really weird. But um, it's, it's like you bring in an extra personality when you bring in a dog into a commercial. You do. And there, it's a really entertaining, you know, sort of, you know, personality. But that's what we're discovering. We're discovering the potential of these pets that we have and what they can do and what they can do for us and what they can do for other people. It's amazing. I love that. I think it's very cool. 
So that's what I'm thinking anyway. Yes, and it's also interesting to think of that our pets aren't there. There's two ways of, of looking at animals. Some people feel that their pets are there to serve them. Yeah. And then other people feel the opposite, that oh, they yeah. are there to serve their animal, yeah. to keep that animal alive, to give it a home, yeah. to give it the life it deserves. Yeah. But there's somewhere in between there, which I think is what we encourage people to look toward, is yeah. where is the balance. Yeah, You and your animal are there for each other. You right. each serve the other. Right, and exactly. it's important to take as good of care of our animals as as they take care of us. Oh, sure. We should not expect them to keep giving and giving and giving when we do not do anything for them. That's right. Okay, we've got to take a break really quick here. And when we get back, we're going to talk to more, uh, talk about more stuff with Wanda about pets. I mean, it's really interesting to talk about how people see pets, and they're in a lot of commercials now these days. So anyway, we'll be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And real quick while we're going to break, I just want to remind people we are taking oh, phone yeah. calls today and with Wanda Buckner. So if you have a question about your pet, whether it's doing something it shouldn't be, or it's doing something crazy, or you just have something curious that you want to figure out about your pet, we'll take all your calls, and the phone numbers are 425-373-5527 or 888 298-5569. Thank you very much, Nathan. Okay, we'll be right back. On Friday, Manson Mitchell featured Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. on Happy Healthy Relationships in this encore presentation from earlier this year. On Saturday, Cass Huff returns to talk about her life as a sought-after, naturally gifted psychic medium who offers herself as a living bridge to the beyond, bringing messages from spirit. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10, right here on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. It seems like we're changing the plot of this uh, this particular show to the pets, you know, instead, <laughs> you know, we're just going to include them in everything. We're just, I was just adding them to, to some of the commercials we just ran and your pets too, you know. So, I mean, they're really taking on more and more human qualities these days, I swear. But so anyway, where were, where did we leave you off when we were talking a couple minutes ago? Well, I wanted to talk more about the idea of the mutual relationship between animals and, and their humans. Yeah. So one horse that I worked with, a great horse, a great human uh, person with him, a fantastic trainer, but the horse was being um, not so cooperative in in many ways. Like the trainer would go out to get the horse to bring him in so that they could do some work with him in the round pen, and the horse would run away. Yeah, right. And the situation was that the human owner was not where the horse was. She was many states away, and the horse was there for training. Well, what was happening when I talked to the horse, it's like it's all work and no play. You know, yeah. I, don't have, 
I don't have the human interaction that I did before. I miss mom. I miss, you know, that she would put bright ribbons on me and we would ride together. And now the only time I have human interaction is they bring me in to work. And so I did a healing on the clearing and balancing so that the horse was comfortable with where he was. He understood where he was and what the situation was. And also talk to all the humans involved about the need of the horse for casual, fun, human interaction. Mm-hmm. And when that was straightened out, when the horse felt better in his body, oh, and wow. when the humans understood how to nurture his natural personality and zest for life in a, in a more complete way, yeah. it solved the issue. Right. That's, it makes so much sense. I was just thinking that um, I've been watching lately on Prime Video on Amazon. I've been watching the older version of All Things Great and Small. You know, yeah. I've been watching that. It's long. It's really long. It has like 90 episodes in it. You yeah. know, it's nothing like this one we're just having for one season. This was for seven seasons. And I'm through the second season already. It's really well done. But the thing that you can tell the difference, it was made in 1978. So they weren't really conscious of the, you know, of the, the pet and the human being equal in, you know, in, in um, attention and affection and all those things. So they treated the animals like animals, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of going, well, I don't like this, you know, and. It, it's showing the difference between now and when they made this in 1978. That's a lot of difference in how they treated animals. You know, just these were, this was supposed to be um, a veterinarian and his, his cohorts back in the early 30s, you know, when they were doing all this, this is Jim Harriet's books, you know. And um, it was just, and, and I, it's very funny, I have to admit, it's a very funny thing. But, you know, when you, you're taking care of the, the horses and all this stuff, and they're, you know, they're not really listening to what the horse wants, eh, you know, and I'm kind of disappointed with that. But then what else w- would have happened back in 1930? That's what they would have been aware to do. So it's, we have. And, yeah, we need to be aware that how we feel about animals at this point in time is very different from how. Yes. Other people throughout the world feel yes. about animals at this point in time. Yes. Because uh, we have the luxury of considering, I cannot tell you the number of people who've told me their dog is their baby. Yes. But in <laughs> other places of the world, and even here in the U.S., animals are also working animals. They have jobs. And we don't want to lose that about animals. No. That's a w- wonderful thing. We don't, I know this as terrible as I began to say it, but I will say it anyway. We don't need more people in the world in the sense that we don't need animals to become people. Right. I believe that we need to admire and emulate what animals bring to us and to our world. Yeah. Oftentimes they are stoic. Mm-hmm. They are uh, committed to their job. They yeah. are absolutely connected with spirit. Yeah. They are not um, thinking about the past and living in the past. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about the future and living in the future. They are here and now, and they yeah. appreciate what is in the here and now 
Yeah. So I think as humans, we could learn a lot from animals and to be there with them where they are. Yeah. Like when we take a dog for a walk, yeah. we are walking with the dog. We are, uh, if we allow ourselves to, we can see the world through the dog's eyes, full of exciting oh, yeah. smells and wonders. Oh, it doesn't matter that it's cold. So many oh, of they don't, don't care about that when they're happy as clams. You know, yeah. <laughs> they really but, don't. But no. if we are walking with our friend from work and we are talking about the problems at work while the dog is having a great time, yeah, we we could learn from that dog. Hey, watch that those, dog. <laughs> and yes, leave the work problems at work. Exactly. And being in the present with our friend and with the environment and with the dog and his zest for life. Yes, exactly. You know, instead of going, oh, what's that dog doing? I don't get what he's doing. Well, if he's happy and running around and and jumping and barking and all those good things, those are things that he's probably really happy about. So, yes. But too often we are on our phone or we are talking to someone else and we are not really present Mm -hmm. where we physically are. Our mind and attention is back at work. Mm -hmm. Instead of being right there in the moment right exactly oh i mean i think i I think i i keep saying this and i've said this to you probably every time you've been on the show but i'm going to say it again i thank the world to you know uh, shauna and jeremy for letting me share their dogs their boston terriers because they taught me so much about how to love pets you know and um they were so loving themselves. It was just a reflection. We were reflecting it back and forth to each other, it seemed like. you know. Right. And, and the, every time that you came home, they were thrilled to see you. Oh, now, let yeah. me ask you, how many of us do we greet our spouse with the same enthusiasm we greet our partner? <laughs> I mean, our animals. So, I mean... Dad loves to come home to the dog, oh. right, or the toddler, because they're running up, arms up, thrilled oh, yeah. to see them. And mom is saying, why are you late? Did you remember to pick up milk? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I forgot. I came home to see the puppies. Excuse me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I did that every time I came home. You know, they weren't home. If she wasn't home or he wasn't home, I come in the door and the first thing I would start yelling is puppies, puppies, puppies. And they're barking away in the cage and everything trying to get out. They were so excited when I came home, you know, and they would jump all over me and it was wonderful, you know, and I just yelled puppies, puppies. It's so cool, you know, and I just sort of, I was so excited to see them. And, you know, sometimes they would run across the top of the couch if they weren't in their, their cage and they came both running at me, you know. And um, it, it's something that they taught me. <laughs> I really think they did because um, I realized right away that very early on that they, they had some feelings for me pretty early on. And um, I reciprocated them all over the place. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, somehow somehow they're better than people. <laughs> you know, they really were. They really were. Sometimes people think as an animal communicator that I'm talking about really deep subjects with my dogs. You know, mm-hmm. like the meaning of life or yeah. the afterlife or past lives. 
But in reality, my dogs and I talk about the same thing that you and your animals talk yeah, about. Right. Yeah. Um, because really, they are in the moment. And so uh, oftentimes I uh, hear messages about food. Are you really going to give me some of that? Could <laughs> I have more? What about these other treats? Or um, I will be saying to them, you have to go out. I know it's raining, but you are going to go outside. You are going to pee outside. So it's very prosaic. Yeah. It's true that after death, yeah. some dogs are quite philosophical. I talked to a dog just the other day who uh, had recently died, and as many, many human parents of animals, we want that animal to come back with, back to be with us in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And the dog said, but I just finished a turn on Earth. Why would I want to come back uh, right this instant? Because <laughs> right. I'm having oh. fun over here. Uh-huh. And then the dog asked her, if you died, would you like to come right back right now in, in the same situation? Uh, I thought that was a really interesting question mm-hmm. because the dog has the opportunity to explore many lifetimes as many different things. The dog doesn't have to repeat exactly the same life. No. The dog could look for other possibilities. And yet the dog said, now, I will see you again. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it won't be for like 40 years, right? Because you're going to live a long, happy life here on Earth. Right. And then I will be there. But I'm not just waiting 40 years. I've got things to do and places to go. And there is is no time. It will be like you were never gone. Yeah. I just love that message. That's great. You know, that makes sense, too, because, you know, like when my parents passed away, I know that they're not sitting around waiting for me. You know, they're off (laughs) doing, you know, they're busy doing other things. And I asked several people what you thought they were doing. Oh, they're in school. They're in some kind of school. Both of them are going through. I said, well, that makes sense, you know, and um, and kind of learning stuff. But they're not here. You know, that's okay if they're not here. Says, oops, guess what? Nathan is is signaling to me to do another break. <laughs> so I better do one. Okay, so we're going to be right back here with Wanda Buckner right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent in Washington and Oregon, helping people obtain security in their lives by providing insurance that pays for final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Remember, those ads on TV misrepresent the entire Medicare process. The only way you can get a fully honest assessment is to talk to someone like Susan in person who is an advocate who is always looking out for the best plan for you. Open enrollment, by the way, open enrollment, which is going on right now, ends on December 7th for your Medicare coverage. And contact Susan if you need any assistance. So get a hold of her at Susan Bergstrom, the Medicare Exchange. And then also her phone number is 253-318-9379 for appointment. 
or you can contact her via email at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. This is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show, and did you know that I do private astrological readings? If you have issues or problems in your life that plague you, perhaps an astrological reading would be just the ticket. I've had more than 30 years' experience in astrology, and there isn't much I haven't seen, so I know I can help you. You can contact me at 206-816-0546 or go to EileenGrimes.com to make an appointment. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Today we have on Ms. Wanda Buckner, who is the best at what she does. And we've been having a good time talking about the uh, auras, uh, not the auras, but um, how how the energy between parent, you know, humans and and um, animals have changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years, you know, and we're really much more concerned about the dog's well-being and happiness and whether or not they feel good by the food they eat and all those things. Those are things we're all becoming really, really concerned a lot with rather than just, you know, just the dog. Okay. So, what else do you have to say for us today, Ms. Wanda? Well, I do want to mention that it is the right animal for us at the right time of life. Right. So one person I knew had this wonderful experience with a very energetic black lab-type dog, uh-huh. and it was his childhood dog that he absolutely loved. And, of course, the dog lived like 12 years, those very formative years of his life, and so in his later years, in his uh, 70s, he wanted this dog again, and so he got a puppy of the same breed. Oh. But regrettably, his health was not such that he could give the exercise and the training and the attention to this young, very active dog. Right. When, When he had the dog when he was younger... The dog went with him everywhere. He ran. uh, The gentleman hunted. It was a great working team. But then when he was close to bedridden, he could not give this dog what it needed. Mm -hmm. As a result, ended up with a two-year-old dog. And uh, regrettably, the gentleman had an early death. And here is a two-year-old dog with no training and no... Um, manners, but a great personality. Right. But this was not a dog that could easily be adopted. Oh, that's so bad. I know it seems a little strange, but when John and I were looking for another dog to come into our life, one of the things that we thought about was our age and would we live as long as that animal would live so mm-hmm. that we could see it yeah. through the whole course of its life. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true about horses. Horses have a job. They're not just lawn ornaments. Yeah. And you need the horse that is the right temperament, the right training, the right size, the right willingness for right. the rider. Right. So it's a very different rider from mm-hmm. a 12-year-old girl oh, to yeah. 
someone <laughs> who is going on packing and, and camping and trail riding in order to hunt with a bow and arrow in the backcountry. Right. Totally different personalities and breeds than the horse who does competitive dressage. Right. So sometimes when we think of the next animal to come into our lives, whether it's a, a cat, a fish, a bird, or a dog, we want to really look at where we are in our lives mm-hmm. and age, activity level, skill level, and what animal could we invite into our lives and give them a full experience so that they could be the best they could be. Right. That we didn't. Ha- it would be like having a Ferrari in the garage that you can't drive. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's a waste of that yeah. car's capabilities. Right, yeah. And depending on your needs and your wants, is that dog going to fit into that? You know, and um, that makes sense to me. I think when I moved into that house with those two puppies, that's exactly what I needed to do was to check into this house and relax and take it easy. And um, I had a lot of stuff happen before that that was really difficult to deal with, with other people that I lived with in other homes. But I came into that home and it was, you know, there was some skirmishes going on in the house, but those two dogs unbelievable they changed the whole thing for me you know and they were those two were there when I moved in and we kind of interfaced and we kind of agreed seemed like well this is what we're going to do for you and I went okay you can do that for me you know it was like we never had a verbal discussion but it seemed like we actually had a verbal discussion about it does that make sense like what it does and I'd like you to also look at it from the dog's point of view yeah. So here we have two dogs who are crated during the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no, so, no, not not when I was home. They were upstairs in my room. Exactly. But they were crated during the day until you got home to yeah. let them out. Yeah. Or they would be crated at night too to sleep. So. Yeah. 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 And so your role in their life, there are two dogs whose people who are loving, generous, kind people, but who do have to work. Uh huh. And because. You came home, it allowed these dogs to have a fuller, more complete life uh-huh. because they were no longer confined. No. They could be uh, up in your room with you, participating in yeah. the way they do with whatever they were doing. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think one of my points here is that animals don't just serve us. Mm-hmm. We serve them, and we need a balance between meeting their needs and meeting our needs. Exactly, and that's kind of what happened, you know, between them and me. You know, we were joined at the hip, actually, but um, they never slept with me unless it was one, two nights that they did, and it felt like, oh, my God, they're home. You know, they never slept with me in the bed, but they slept with me for those two nights, and they just didn't even leave the bed at all. <laughs> to go downstairs and go to their their crate. They didn't do that. They stayed up there with me, and it was wonderful. I felt I had the best sleep I ever sleep I ever had with those two two dogs on the bed. It was wonderful. Yeah, I I reminisce about them a lot because I love them so much, and I miss them too. You know, even though they're neither one of them are here anymore, I miss them terribly. So. Anyway, on that very sad note, we have to let you go, Ms. Wanda. It was a fantastic show. Thank you so much for being on today. 
It's such a joy. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you. We'll do it again soon, of course. And um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. So anyway, all right. So we're going to talk about the upcoming events. We have this, the horoscope column coming up on Monday. That'll be in by probably 9 o'clock. If I get it in him early, he puts it in. So it's 1150kknw.com. It's right on the first page of this, the, um, the rising. No. I don't know what my brain's thinking about. It's on the very first page of the site. Okay. And so if you want to get a hold of Wanda, by the way, you can contact her at www.wandabuckner.com. And you can get a hold of me at eileengrimes.com and thejupiterrisingshow.com as well. Okay. So how much time have we got? Two, one or two? <laughs> A minute and a half. Let me figure this out. Okay. And so next week on the show, we're going to be having on Mitchell Lewis, who's one of our very favorite astrologers that we can have on. He loves coming on the show, and we love having him here, too. So he'll be on here talking about some wacky, wild astrological thing, which we all love anyway. And then the following week, we're going to have another wonderful musical person, and that's Mr. Michelangelo. He's going to be on. He's doing his usual music by astrology or astrology by music. So we take a look at different composers and their astrology chart, and we analyze them. So he will be talking about, and he said he wanted to do this because he's been really researching him, and he wants to do Igor Stravinsky, which we are going to do. So I don't know much about Igor Stravinsky, but it'll be very interesting. So that'll be fun, too. So uh, do you have anything you want to say, uh, Nathan? Not really. Just uh, want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. That's Thanksgiving is coming up uh, this week. You're right. This coming week. Yes, and Bruce Hornsby's birthday is went Tuesday. <laughs> God, who cares? But I'm doing an astrological report for him, and I'm doing a very special report for his brand-new granddaughter who was born just last month. So anyway, that's going to be fun. So anyway, I think we're done here, and uh, we're going to see you all next week. We will be having on Mr. Mitchell Lewis, and we'll all have good fun. So you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week. This is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.